So what did you think of that Fox News interview? Uh, yeah, that Fox interview from last week. Yeah, Chris Wallace sitting down with Donald Trump in scorching heat right outside the Oval Office. You know, it was quite interesting to watch it. You know, first of all, something funny, you know, that I took away from the interview was when they actually sat down and discussed the cognitive exam that Trump had taken and boasted about. And Chris Wallace in front of in national television pretty much told Trump that the exam wasn't that hard because one of the questions involved identifying an elephant and another involved counting backwards by, uh, from 100 by 7. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was pretty funny, you know, to, to see Trump's allegedly strong cognitive score be on such an easy exam. I actually read today that the neuroscientist who created the exam, he told the Washington Post that it was only meant to test for people who had, who had just had a stroke or had, uh, or had gotten Alzheimer's. Uh, it's not meant to be, you know, a test for intellectual strain for IQ. So I found that pretty funny. Um, yeah, what did you think about that, Jacob? Person, woman, man, camera, TV. That is all. That's the yeah. only thing I really took from yeah. it. I found that funny as well, by the way. Hello, I'm Joshua Graceberg. And I'm Jacob Friedman. And this is Gen Zero's Talk Politics. This is where two members of the next generation of American adults talk about what's going on in the world. Since the whole world is on fire, we might as well take a crack at delivering some insightful, definitely non-Twitter commentary and a side helping of comedy. Today, this week, we have three stories. Two stories concerning China, with U.S. sanctions on Chinese officials over the treatment of the Uyghurs in Xinjiang. We also have another story on the Chinese consulate being closed in Houston amid charges of espionage. And our final story regards violence against mostly peaceful protesters in Portland by the Department of Homeland Security. Jacob, please take it away. All right. Basically, what's happening is that there is a Muslim minority in northwestern China called the Uyghurs. And for the past God knows how many years at this point, China has been putting them in re-education camps to strip the Uyghurs of their culture and form a common Chinese national identity. China is technically an atheist state as it is a communist country, and they do not want outside religious influence. And those camps have about a million estimated people. The rest of the Uyghur population is in a surveillance state, all right? And they are being tracked and monitored, and they are legally obliged to feed and clothe Chinese Communist Party agents assigned to essentially look after them, to control them. And there was also news that Chinese malware had spread to Uyghur communities all over the world. And so what the U.S. did was a rather small step and really retaliating against this monstrous act, but good on the U.S. for doing something. And if the Trump administration is going to be as hard as China as they say they are, I'm expecting them to really go all out and trying to take down this operation. Yeah, listen, yeah, Jacob, I definitely agree with you. You know, China's an authoritarian country. It's, you know, been, its influence all over the world has been growing economically on the world stage politically. And as China as a rising power, you know, internationally, it's, it's hard for the international community and for, you know, other countries to retaliate against China's actions, whether it be intellectual theft, cyber warfare, and now this. I'm glad the United States is finally standing up to China. I mean, admittedly, it is taking baby steps. 
I mean, sanctions are only the beginning, but at least the United States is doing something about it rather than just sitting silently and allowing for this to happen. All right, so second story, another one, China, is that their consulate in Houston, Texas, was ordered to be closed by the U.S. government amid charges of espionage. What happened was the consulate was ordered to be closed. And in the, in the days since, China retaliated by burning sensitive documents in trash cans, made headlines because the Houston Fire Department went over there to see what was going on. And that's how the world found out that China was trying to destroy any evidence of whatever they had in there. And this all espionage angle, this call could be related to the fact that just a few days ago, charges were filed against two hackers who were allegedly connected to the Chinese Communist Party. Those guys were charged with hacking into U.S. companies that were that are working on COVID-19 research. And so with all this stuff about intellectual property theft and China's relationship with WHO and COVID-19, considering what happened starting in Wuhan, there's a, there are a lot of people in the U.S. government that are really fearful about China right now. And Pompeo is warning about Cold War II electric boogaloo. I mean, he, he's like, he's going on about how, you know, you know, the U.S. needs to a lot more counter China in every move, just like in the Cold War. And I agree with Pompeo that we need to do more. I agree that China is a, is a massive rising threat. And I've been going on about Chinese cyber warfare for a while now. But, you know, I, I, we have to be careful. History may rhyme, but never really repeats itself. We are in the age of the internet. We are in the age of, you know, rapid communication and big multinational companies that have as much power with personal data as superpowers like the U.S. do. And so old diplomacy, like closing consulates, you know, banning Chinese goods such as TikTok, it's, they only would work in like a pre-internet era. We have to realize that old diplomacy is becoming outdated and we need to update it. We need to, we need, we need to figure out new ways to actually deal with China that doesn't actually damage our reputation abroad. First of all, I agree with you. I think with the age of the internet, you know, and with China's many instances of cybersecurity, you know, there needs to be a new form of diplomacy that better addresses those things because so far we've been ineffective of stopping such, you know, cyber attacks. Do you have any ideas as to what cybersecurity in the internet era could look like? I mean, think about what we're doing with Russia. We are doing preemptive cyber strikes on Russian election meddling infrastructure, like the Internet Research Agency in 2018, like right before those the midterms that year. And, you know, a lot of uh, big tech is trying to, you know, change the way the political advertising and the algorithms are on their sites. You know, this is obviously an unprecedented time. And part of the problem is that a lot of our leaders and a lot of our big companies they don't see it this way. They don't. They don't. They haven't realized that sanctions aren't the silver bullet anymore. We are in a highly globalized world. We are in a much different era. And whoever controls the internet, whoever has you know the upper hand on technology, control controls the world. So do and you we think- are losing that battle with China right now. And we we need to invest in tech. We need to invest in actual democratic technology if we want to combat you know, Chinese misinformation tools and apps like WeChat. But Jacob, do you think that the race for 5G, which I believe China's winning right now, do you think that's important to the point you're making here right now? Absolutely. You know, 5G is very important for how modern communication and how the Internet of Things is going to work right. in, the next de- in the next decade. 
we need to reinvest heavily in 5G networks here in the United States. And I'm very happy that the UK told Huawei to scram from its 5G network. They're they're gonna they're gonna take a stance, and I'm I'm very happy about that. But do you really think I, that? I, I, <sighs> but do you really think that you that the UK telling Huawei to abandon its 5G effort will really actually do anything? We don't know for hundred percent certainty that Huawei is really spying on the Western world with its technology. But you know, there's a law that Chinese companies have to hand over all their data to the Chinese government. That should be a major red flag, and I am shocked that not a lot of other countries. Have actually taken that into account, and you know there, there is no guarantee that China is really spying on us. There is no guarantee that whatever the other telecoms are going to do is as good as Huawei. I mean, you know, we need to take a stand somehow. And investing in technology, investing in you know democracy initiatives is going to be how we ultimately succeed with moral integrity. We can't abandon our democratic values in the face of authoritarian regime. Yeah, that's right. That wants the point. Our final story concerns the protests in Portland. There have been videos surfacing on social media of unidentified federal agents arresting protesters for damages in unmarked vans. The acting secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, Chad Wolf,、uh, announced that he would form a task force dedicated to keeping order and preventing damages to property. And this is the results that we see. You know, I find it disgraceful. This method of enforcement is simply un-American. It it resembles more of what would occur in an authoritarian state rather than you know in the country that we live in. This is simply unacceptable. You know, I don't think Trump's concerned about this. It's not on Trump's priority list, which you know nobody really knows, of course. You know, I think Trump's main concern, you know, is to get reelected, and you know matters like this. What we what we're seeing now in footage. It doesn't really matter to him, and I find that extremely disgraceful and terrible. Well, I have to push back there. I mean, I think he actually does care. He doesn't care that people are being beat up. He doesn't care about that. But all he does care about in the, in the sense that he is running the Steve Bannon, Stephen Miller, Bill Barr collective fan fiction on the Nixon 1968 you know Law and Order playbook. This is like the caravan 2018. It is a nothing burger, or like a little, like a you know, a mini slider that is just drummed up for the base and get the suburban moms back. They're trying to trying to get the farmers to look away from the、uh, you know having to dump all the milk in a national economic crisis. This is just diversion. And the sad part is there's no transparency here. We do not know where these where these you know agents came from. We do know that some of them from the Bureau of Prisons, some of them are from the Justice Department, some of them from DHS, and in and of itself. But these guys are, are unidentifiable. They are they are masked. They are all we know is that Chad Wolf and Bill Barr sent them out there to protect the federal. But Jacob, most of these、Portland. protests have been peaceful, have they not? Right, and yes, there's always there's always some sense of violence to these protests. That's just a、uh, that's just, that you know stuff like this. There's always going to be violence, but Clearly, from you know actual footage on the ground, the vast majority have been peaceful, including the train of mothers in Portland who were you know singing lullabies, you know trying to bring some sense of you know peace and civility to the area. But you know it doesn't, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in the end because again, this is all for the playbook. Trump doesn't care that you know the mayor of Portland, the governor of Oregon, and all the congresspeople from Oregon told the federal forces to get out of the city. 
because it's part of the playbook. It's how he gets reelected. It's how he stays out of jail. This is probably one of the greatest arguments as to why Trump is not a conservative. Because the federal government getting involved yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty in states' rights, getting involved in, the, in states, that's anti-conservative, it's anti-federalism. It is, a, it is the conservative nightmare about what a liberal president would do. Yeah, like like listen, communist I, Russia. Like that because was Trump fear. doesn't care. That was like Trump the goal doesn't care about fear. maintaining a conservative and, status quo. But, he cares about keeping law and order and keeping himself at the top, and this is how he does it. We, we know that he has narcissistic tendencies. He, he doesn't care about the fact that peaceful protesters are facing violence from, you know, police forces. He, he doesn't care about what's going You know, I, I just think that he doesn't have his priorities in order or, in, you know, in any order for, for that matter. And if he thinks that this is going to win over, you know, the people who are abandoning him in Florida and Ohio and Arizona... It ain't going to do it when the pandemic is, you know, both literally and yeah, figuratively I mean, imagine if killing Texas them. Goes blue. It'll, it'll only go to show how, you know, there's been a huge loss of faith in Trump. When Ted Cruz is worried about how his home state is going to do in the presidential election, you know you screwed up. Really? Ted Cruz is worrying as well? I mean, yeah, he literally told, you know, I think Republican donors that if, you know, Texas goes blue, then that's it. This episode is sponsored by NewsVoice. It's an app that takes a community-based approach to news. Users submit links from a variety of news outlets and write headlines and summaries to form accurate and unbiased news stories. The app then takes these stories and categorizes them to your liking. At newsvoice.com VIP, you can get two free months of backer status. With backer status, you get NewsVoice Play, where you can listen to your personal mix of top stories, just like a podcast. When you comment on news stories, you can customize your icon any way you want. And if you stay after the trial, you can get exclusive badges and new features. The money goes to supporting NewsVoice's mission of being an ad-free, independent, community-centered, and user-oriented news aggregator focused on fixing the news for a better, more democratic news landscape. Once again, that's newsvoice.com slash VIP. And now, back to the show. All right, so these stories prove anything not only will the president in 2021 have to deal with what's happening now they're going to have to deal with the worst tensions with china since 1979 race relations that aren't going to be neatly patched up and a pretty much big stain on the concept of federalism i mean the entire idea of federalism is going to have to be completely reworked no matter who wins these protests aren't going to end they're going to keep going on until something changes that concludes this episode of Gen Zero Sock Politics. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And send us any and all questions regarding the news or politics, because your questions make the show. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time.